Welcome to Crazy Good Talks with Deirdre Van Nest. In this podcast, we help growth-oriented financial advisors, leaders, sales professionals, and experts stand out and own the room every time they speak. Deirdre will empower you to grab and keep the attention of any audience, live or virtual, make emotional connections with your listeners, and inspire them to take action. Join us on this journey where Deirdre will empower you to become a more confident presenter and knock it out of the park when you speak. Don't derail your entire presentation with this closing mistake. Deirdre Van Nest knows what it is. I'm Patrice Sikora, and I want to know too, Deirdre. So give it up. <laughs> what is it? All right. All right. I'm going to give it up in just a minute. And I have to admit, we're going to talk about a really controversial topic today. So, so stay tuned. But first, I'd actually like to answer a listener's question and then give a listener shout out. So Jobert sent me a direct message on LinkedIn. And he said, Deirdre, in episode four, on grabbing your audience's attention from the onset. You said the first few seconds of a presentation are critical and that we shouldn't use the unpleasant pleasantries. We should just dive into a question or a story or a quote. And he says, but what if it's a virtual one-to-one meeting coming from a set appointment? Should the opening be the same? That is a great question, Jobert. And the answer is no. So when you're meeting with someone one-to-one, what we call the unpleasant pleasantries in a presentation, which is the, hi, great to see you. Thank you for having me. What about the weather? You know, just sort of that social chit chat we do. That is not something we want to hear in a presentation. We do want that in a one-on-one conversation. An initial one-on-one conversation without sort of warming people up with the social niceties is going to sound abrupt and weird. So, Jobert, if you and I got on a Zoom meeting and we didn't know each other and you were just like, hey, Deirdre, and you just asked me some question, it might sound salesy and take me a little off guard. So, no, you want to do the nicey-nice, pleasant pleasantries with the one-on-one. You just want to avoid those when you're going to be speaking to a group. And if you want to ask me a question, please connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a direct message, and I would love to answer your question on a future episode. And now I want to do a listener shout out. This is a review left on iTunes by Hooked on Success. Deirdre is a master at public speaking. If you want to become a crazy good speaker, this podcast is your starting point. Practical advice and powerful messaging will take your confidence in public speaking to the next level. Deirdre's passion for speaking comes through loud and clear in each episode. I'm a big fan. Thank you so much, Hooked on Success. That makes my day. And if you're willing to reveal yourself, I would love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know this is Hooked on Success. All right, Patrice, back to our controversial subject for today. So one of the ways that you can derail an entire presentation is by ending your presentation with a Q&A session. Why? I mean, why is that so controversial? It's controversial because that's something we have been taught for decades. For decades, popular wisdom says, oh, will you close with Q&A? And I'm here to tell you, absolutely not. Never, never, ever, ever 
Did I say ever? Never, 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 ever. Never, never. End your presentation with a Q&A session. And, and I've delivered presentations on this topic. And I've had people kind of push back because we like to do things the way we do things, don't we? Well, it makes sense, though. I mean, you it, finished your presentation and did I miss anything? Ask me some questions. Exactly. And it seems like it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. And it's time to change. So if you're doing this, it is absolutely time to make a change. So how do you end a presentation Then just say goodbye? Good evening. Have a fine All day. Right. So let me tell you how to end a presentation. Your presentation, think of a beautifully wrapped package. Okay? okay. So let's say it's a box. Inside the box is the, the content, whatever the gift is. So let's pretend, let's use the analogy. Your content is the material inside the box. Mm -hmm. And then the wrapping paper and the bow are the, are the closing, right? It's like you're taking your content, you're wrapping it up beautifully. You're putting this nice bow on it and you're handing it to your audience. So your closing should be something that wraps up everything you said really beautifully. So, so rather ideally, than I'm sorry, but rather than unwrapping everything, you're wrapping it. Yes. I love that analogy. Yes. If you end with Q&A, you're unwrapping everything you just did. Instead, you want to have a prepared closing that leaves your audience motivated and on a high. And here's why. If you don't do that, if you end with Q&A, you are likely going to experience what I call the foosh factor. The foosh factor. How do you spell that? F-O-O-O-O-O-O-S-H factor. The foosh factor. And here's what the foosh factor is, Patrice. You have experienced this, hopefully just as an audience member, but maybe as a presenter. It's when the speaker delivers a good presentation. And all of a sudden they get to the ending and they say, so with that, let's open it up for questions. And all of a sudden, all of the energy goes foosh out of the room. Oh, got it. Have you felt that before? Yes, yes. 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 And here's why the energy goes foosh out of the room. It's usually because of that one guy, the one guy who wants to show you he's smarter than you, the one guy who has it all figured out, the one guy who's the naysayer, or maybe not to pick on men, it's the one woman who has to ask you a very personal, complex, circuitous question that would take hours to answer, right? And, and it's irrelevant to anybody else in the exactly. world. Exactly. And at yep. this point, you have lost your audience and they are annoyed. Who are they annoyed with? They're annoyed with you because you brought this on, <laughs> right? Yeah. You yeah. brought this on. And the worst part is, as a presenter, when you do that, the audience members have no idea when this is going to end. They don't know if this is going to be for five minutes or five hours and get stuck there in this Q&A session with questions they don't really care about. Mm -hmm. So 
what do you do with Q&A instead? Do you think our listeners want to know the answer to that question? I think so. Where are you going to put it? Oh, <laughs> I'm assuming you want to have a Q&A somewhere. Well, it, it depends. It depends. And this is presentation specific and this is speaker specific. So it's your presentation. You get to decide if you're going to have Q&A or not. Okay. So I'm just going to leave you with that decision to make. There's, there's multiple factors that go into whether or not you do it. We're not going to get into that today. Instead, we're going to get into where to put it and some tips on how to handle it. So you're really effective. So let's say you decide to have Q&A, then you have a couple of options on where to put it. So the first thing is, and I love this option, is you can do Q&A at the end of each main point, Patrice. So let's pretend you have three main points in your presentation. As you get to the end of each point, you can stop and say, okay, we have time for two questions about this point, or we have three minutes for questions about this point. What questions do you have? And then nice. you would take questions on that point, and then you move on to the next point. You do the same thing and the same thing. Does that make and sense? You, and you set a limit, either the you number of limit. questions or the time. Absolutely. And that, that's one of the, that is one of the key uh, tips for effectively managing Q&A is you must set a limit either in number of minutes or number of questions and then stick to it. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Then your next option, and this I don't recommend unless you are a highly, highly skilled presenter, or this is a super casual group get together. And this is taking questions throughout where you're allowing your audience to interrupt you as you're going. And in some circumstances, like in my Crazy Good Talks Blueprint program, we do group uh, training calls twice a month. One of my training calls is super casual. It's really, it's, it's a virtual skill building lab, Patrice. It's very casual. It's more like Deirdre Unplugged. In that situation, I let them give, ask me questions throughout. Okay. But in our other call where it's a little more um, formatted with specific topics I want to cover in a specified period of time, I have a dedicated time for the Q&A. So, so just decide based on your level of skill and the type of presentation, if you're going to do that throughout thing. If you're going to err on one side or another, I wouldn't use this strategy, right? If you're going to say, you, yeah. And as you say, you've got to be very well trained to do that. Correct. Correct. And then the third place is have a dedicated Q&A session towards the end of your presentation, but not at the end of your presentation. Would you so let me that again? Would yeah, you so that again? Okay. absolutely. So, so let me give you a flow of how this would go. Good. So you've got your opening of your presentation. Then you've got point number one, point number two, point number three. Okay. After point number three, but before your really inspiring, motivated closing, you would insert your Q&A session. Hmm. No foosh factor there? Then you're not going to have a foosh factor, okay. particularly when you tell people two minutes, five minutes, four questions, right? You, you limit it. You're not going to have, it's not going to be something that drags on endlessly. So let me tell you what this might look like and how you might want to set this up. And then I'll tell you why it's very important to set this up based on a mistake that I made when I first started speaking. So if you are going to have a Q&A session and you are not going to have it at the end of your presentation, which most people expect, 
And if someone's hiring you or bringing you in to speak, your host will expect you do need to educate people up front and let them know where the Q&A is going to be. So if I'm delivering a presentation where the Q&A, let's say it's, the, it's a session, a dedicated session right before my closing, I will tell my host, hey, just so you know, we will have a Q&A session, but I don't do it like most people where I put it at the end. It's going to be before my closing and after my last piece of content. Or you may say, I'm going to have dedicated periods throughout my presentation for Q&A. Mm -hmm. So let them know this. Okay. And what you'd say to your audience when you get on is somewhere in your opening. And I was just prepping for a webinar uh, today. And what I am going to tell, we're having a dedicated Q&A session towards the end of the presentation. So what I will tell our listeners in the opening, somewhere in the opening is, hey, by the way, we are going to have a dedicated time for Q&A towards the end of our time today. So just jot down your questions. And then when it's time, you can put them in the chat. This way people know when this is coming. Is this still risky though? Is it still a risky proposition to do a Q&A? Yeah, I mean, Q&A is the diciest part of the presentation because you can lose control of the presentation, right? I mean, you don't know what people are going to ask you. You don't know the personalities involved. So you can lose control. No, I personally love Q&A. So I like to take the risk, Patrice. Q&A to me is actually my favorite part of the presentation because I love interacting with my audience members and with my clients. So a couple of things to keep in mind if you're going to do Q&A is, is this. One, let's go to mindset for a minute because actually this is the most important thing. And this isn't just for Q&A, although it'll really help you with Q&A. This is really for being a presenter in general. One of the things that you need to do to really own the room when you present so that you can own the room doing Q&A is put yourself in the mindset of what I call a gracious host, okay? A gracious host. So what a lot of people do when they take the stage, particularly if they're speaking at someone else's event, is they still think of themselves as a guest, and when you get on the stage, you can't think of yourself as a guest. You have to take that leadership role of host and gracious host. And so think about it like this. If you were having a party at your house, Patrice, you would set the tone for how that party's going to go, right? You would have decided in advance, okay, we're going to have drinks at this time. We're going to have dinner at this time. And we might have food in this room. And then afterwards, we're going to do this. And, and you would be directing your guests Mm -hmm. what to do when, right? Right. Now, imagine if you found me upstairs rummaging around in your bedroom in your sock drawer while everyone was <laughs> eating the main course. What would you, what would you say to that? Let's say, what the heck are you doing up here? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think twice a bit about being like, uh, Deirdre, what are you doing? And we're all downstairs. Come downstairs. Really? <laughs> you would do that. And it needs to be the same way in a presentation. But what happens to a lot of presenters is they get a little intimidated by the fact that maybe they're presenting on someone else's stage. So they feel like a guest. They also get intimidated, even if it's their own event sometimes, that there's maybe 50 audience members and 50 pairs of eyes on them and just one of them. Right. And so they tend to relinquish or abdicate that role. And that's a really big mistake. So when you get up to present, you have to fully embody this idea that this is my house, my rules. 
that will help you. And you do it in a gracious, kind way. But that will help you set the rules and redirect people when they push on the rules or the boundaries that you set. So one of the things that happens all the time with Q&A is the presenter will say, maybe they'll say, okay, we've got five minutes for questions. And then one audience member is going to raise their hand after the five minutes is like, we're almost at the done, right? You know where I'm going with this. Oh, yeah. And, and, and they go, wait, 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 I just have one more question. And invariably, nine times out of 10, the presenter gives in and says, oh, okay, Patrice, but real quick. Right. And it's never quick. No, never. And it's never quick, right? So in that situation, you have to remember, first of all, again, you own the stage, my house, my rules. Don't let them rummage in your sock drawer. If they do that, they are rummaging in your sock drawer. You need to redirect them. And as a presenter, your focus has to always be on the good of the group as a whole, not one individual. So you have to redirect, redirect, redirect so that the good of the group benefits, not so you're just serving one individual audience member. That's an awesome point. Yes. That really is. more. What did you like about that? I like that because I, I would not think of the audience as a whole. I'm speaking to all these other individuals, but you're right. It is a group. It is a group effort. One does not take precedent over the group. Yes. Yes. The, the, the group takes precedent against over everything. Right. And that's how you have to think. So don't let someone derail you now. So what do you do in that situation? So I say, we have five minutes for questions. We're done with the five. Patrice tries to sneak her hand up, right? Your, your hand's coming up. So, oh, I got one more and it's just going to take a second. What do I do so that Patrice saves face? I don't embarrass her because you never want to shame or embarrass an audience member. Even if they're being rude, you still want to maintain a professional, courteous amount of respect, but being firm right? So what can I say to Patrice? So she feels okay, but we move on. I'd say something like, oh, Patrice, I'm so happy that you have a question, but we have more to complete. We have more content to go through, you know, something like that. So please hold it. And I'll just, I'll be at the back of the room after my presentation. I'll I'll meet you there. Or if it's online, I'd say, oh my gosh, Patrice, I wish I could get to every question. We don't have time for the question now, but I'll tell you what, and this is what I've, this is what I've done multiple times. I'll tell you what, if you type your question in the chat, I will create a video for you answering your question. Oh, And I'll send that to you. Now that's powerful. That's very. So I've powerful. done that multiple times, where I tell everybody, whoever's question we get don't get answered, uh, don't get answered today. I will send you a video, and then in Loom, l o o m dot com, I create my answers to them. It takes time. I'm not going to say this is this is a next level. Like I want to really serve everybody and pursue excellence type of strategy. But if you feel that way, go for this. I will answer every single question that came in. And then I will send those. Usually I'm on a hosted webinar. I'll send those to my host and they'll send those out. That is really powerful. As I said, to be an individual, to get that one-on-one, what kind of response do you get back then? Well, it's super fun. I just got a response two days ago from someone who I recorded their, their question and I'll say them by name. And he just said, oh my gosh, thank you so much for answering this. This is great. And then he talked about what he tried and what he did. And then he said, oh, and I'm talking with your team next week about, about your Crazy Good Talks blueprint. So he's talking about working with us. And I don't do it for that reason. And I don't know if that's why, but it certainly doesn't help hurt. I mean, certainly doesn't hurt, right? When he sees that I'm committed to that level of client service and that level of really helping people grasp this material. That's, that's awesome. 
That is yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's super, it's super, super fun. So one benefit to this idea of on a webinar being willing and offering to record, you know, little videos to answer the questions you didn't get to answer in the webinar is that you then walk away with a library, like you're creating a library of questions. And first of all, you start learning even more and more what your audience wants and what they're thinking about. And secondly, you can use those videos that you create for social media posts. So I never say someone's last name, Patrice. I just might address them by name, like, oh, Patrice asked me, right? Sometimes I say that, sometimes I don't. I mean, I'm not like dogmatic about it, but that's something you could post on social media. If you know it's a question most people ask you, post it on social media. You could use that if you're podcasting. That could be the topic for an entire episode. If you blog, that could be the topic of an entire blog. So there's so many different ways to repurpose that content and those questions. So, oh, one thing I want to circle back. So anyway, so that that's how you can do that. And, and if someone, I'm going to circle back to this, like, make sure you tell your host how you run Q&A because I made this mistake. But in terms of being effective, just to like put a pin on this, we've got the make sure you dedicate a number of questions or amount of time, right? Don't let that person sneak in when you said time is up. So nicely tell them you'll talk to them offline if you're in person or that you will uh, send them a, uh, a video. Or if you're like, I don't have time for that. I'm not going to send a video. You can just say, you know, send me, send me a message on LinkedIn and, and I'll answer your question. Right. Um, you can do something like that. The other thing that I want to point out is if you get someone who is snarky or nasty, right? The nice thing on webinars uh, is that you can pretty much ignore it. Like if they put in, put it in the chat, you 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 could choose to ignore them, right? I've had people sometimes say something that's contrary to what I'm saying in the chat, very rarely, but I choose to acknowledge that because I welcome all opinions and I don't want it to seem like my way is the only way to think and that I can't have a conversation and honor someone who thinks differently to me. Does that make sense? It does, but I would, especially in this webinar, I would think just ignore it. Well, it's in the chat for people to see. So what I did in that situation was I said, let's say, the I don't remember the person's name. Let's say it's, it's John. I said, John, you know, totally, I'll read his question or comment. I'll be like, totally see your point. Um, and here's where, here's the reference, like a point of reference that I'm coming from. And, and then say, but you know, if you think differently than me, that's totally fine. So you never come right out and say you're wrong, dude. Well, it depends on the situation. <laughs> so that's um, in this situation. Okay. So I'll give you an example. So I was teaching this content to a group of leaders and one of them was challenging me and they were saying, well, one of the other leaders I work with, let's say his name is Mike, is already so good. And Mike does his Q&A at the end. So I think we should leave it there. And I basically said, you know what, I, I, I hear where you're coming from and Mike by, might be amazing, but it sounds like Mike might be talented and not trained um, from a training perspective. This is how you want to do it. So if he's great now, he is going to be like out of the world when he moves the Q&A session. So you can keep doing it how you want to do it, but if you want to keep getting better, then you want to move it. Does that make sense? So it does. It does. And now tell me about your experience where you oh, do not yes. share with the host. Yes. So when I first got out there speaking, I, I it didn't occur to me that 
I mean, I knew this, but it didn't occur to me to tell my host that, hey, most people do their Q&A at the end. So I knew I wasn't going to do it at the end. So I get up there, I'm presenting, it's maybe like 150 people, and I can see him at the back of the room. So that day for that presentation, I was doing the strategy where at the end of each point, I left time for two questions. So I'm 15 minutes into the presentation and I said, okay, so we've got time for two questions and I can see him looking really nervous and like waving his hands at me. And I'm, and I'm kind of, I'm trying not to let the audience know that I'm seeing this, but I'm thinking, how do like, I don't know what to do here. So, so I, I, all of a sudden it dawned on me that he thought Patrice, we were at the end of the presentation and I still had another like 20 minutes to fill. And he was getting nervous. Like, what are we going to do at that time? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh -huh. in that situation, I just was really transparent. I was like, oh, you know, Rick, I'm so sorry. You, I did not tell you that I don't do Q&A at the end. I do it at certain points during the presentation. Don't worry, we're not at the end. This is just our first round of Q&A. And he was like, oh, okay, great. And, and so, so from that point on, I have always told myself and told my hosts, I always tell my clients, people will say your presentation should be 50 minutes long with 10 minutes at the end for Q&A. And all you say is great, I love Q&A, but it will not be 10 minutes at the end. I will weave it throughout the presentation. You will, you will have your Q&A time, but I end with something powerful. And here's why you always want your powerful words to be the last words ringing in your audience's ears. You do not want some audience members convoluted, meandering, annoying, confronting question to be the last thing ringing in your audience's ears because your audience is going to remember what they heard you say first and what they heard said last. Mm -hmm. And that should be you. Absolutely. Uh, Deirdre, where can people reach you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah. Well, as you can see, I do, I do love, I think I mentioned LinkedIn a few times. So I, I love LinkedIn as my social media platform. So uh, feel free to ask me to connect. Uh, if you would in the message, just say, Hey, listen to your podcast. would love to connect. And so then anytime you have a question for me, you can, you can direct message me. Uh, my website is crazygoodtalks.com. And then finally, I'd be thrilled if you subscribe to the podcast, shared it with your friends and let Left us a favorable review. That is awesome. Again, this is Crazy Good Talks. Deirdre Van Nest, this is her podcast. Subscribe to know when the latest episode is available. And yes, yes, share it with friends, colleagues, hey, even family. It works, you know. I'm Patrice Sakora. Let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Good Talks podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered in this podcast represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Accelerated Performance, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.